In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Word Anchor Podcast. We are reading from the book of Daniel, taking the lessons from the people that were in captivity in Babylon. This episode is titled, The Attack on the Future Generation, Lessons from the Book of Daniel. Let me start by sharing some observations from the past. Have you noticed that there are some people that were the smartest when we were young? And they turned out badly. I mean, those straight A students that you thought they would be successful, today they are not. I know some, a few actually. One of them was a very smart person who was very good in maths and science. He taught some of us who struggled with those subjects. Instead of pursuing his education, he went into some illegal stuff and he was incarcerated for a very long time. He came out of jail no longer himself. He came out and literally was insane. And he still is. It is a very sad story, this one. This young man did not need money. His parents were okay. They could afford. He was not dumb. He was very smart. He had a bright future ahead of him. And he was not even an evil person. A very nice young man. However, something enticed him to eventually forsake his studies. And he ended up in jail. This is the life of some of young people today. Other straight A students take forever to finish varsity, for example. They fail dismally, even though they're intelligent. Some are unable to manage their freedom and they end up losing focus on their studies. And some even drop out of school for no good reason. Those are the straight A students that could have done much better, that could have achieved great things, that could have been far with life even now. They failed dismally, not because they were no longer intelligent, not because they could not study, but they didn't, because they were enticed. Instead of them studying, they focused on life and having a good time. What makes our young ones attracted to destructive lifestyles? Why are they doing this? What is it that causes young people to do these things? And I'm not speaking as one that never went astray. I'm speaking actually as one that did go astray. I made some mistakes in life, but by the grace of God, I came back quickly and finished my first degree in record time. Some have not been lucky. Some have not been able to turn out in the same manner that I did. What attracts the young people far away from their studies into things that do not benefit them? Go to the nearest pub. Today you'll find one young, totally drunk and vulnerable person. More so our young girls that use their bodies to get money from men instead of their brains, their hands, and their feet. In our country, parents get a grant for their children until they come of age. However, some young girls have taken a full-time job of making babies to access the grant, which they don't even use on their children. They buy the latest weaves and cell phones and go partying with that money, which is meant for their own children. The drug dealers... The drug-addicted persons, some alcoholics, it's not necessarily that the person is of low intelligence. 
Some are actually seriously gifted, but their gift wastes away because of their addictions. Drug lords go all out to make our young ones to be addicts and then become slaves for the drugs. They end up prostituting themselves just so that they can get a fix. Even in church, young ones are wrecking havoc. Some are used by the enemy to entice servants of God into filthiness. Sadly, some are targeted by the servants of God to partake in filthiness. And even some are forced and abused by the servants of God. Young persons are attacked right inside the church buildings. What is it about young people that attracts the enemy so much? Famous persons, artists, actors start using drugs at a very young age and it destroys them as they get richer and are able to buy and afford to buy the drugs and alcohol. They are unable to receive the use of these drugs. Some even kill themselves. Some get depressed. They have all the money in the world that they need, the money that they desire to have. They have the fame and the success, but they are still unhappy. The enemy has driven them into the fame and the success, which is not making them happy even now. Some great talent lies wasted in the grave because of drugs and alcohol. Why is the enemy targeting our young ones? The Bible records of various attempts to destroy young generations. Pharaoh, for example, he killed young babies because he wanted to stop the growing number of Hebrews in the land who were slaves to the Egyptians. Moses survived the onslaught because his mother, praised the Lord, she hid him and put him in a basket and out into the Nile River, which was then picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. He went on to grow in Pharaoh's palace and was raised up as an Egyptian. Many babies and little boys died in the process because of one crazy king that wanted to destroy a generation. The enemy wanted Israel to remain few in number and subdued and to remain slaves in Egypt. The enemy today won't allow the young ones to grow exponentially without trying to make them go extinct. It happened again in the time of Herod. When Jesus was born, Herod, a grown-up old man, was so intimidated by the coming Messiah, even if Jesus were to take over at some point and become king, Herod would have been old already at that time. Yet when he heard the wise men saying that they heard that the king was born, he asked them to come and tell him when they found the baby. The wise men were then told by an angel to not go back that way. They changed their route. Herod, not knowing which baby was the king, decided to kill all the babies and toddlers. He literally killed a whole generation of little babies just to protect his kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar was used of God as judgment to Israel for their disobedience to his laws. God spoke through prophet Jeremiah that they ought to repent from their evil ways, and they did not. He told them that they would be captive. They chose not to believe it. He told them to surrender when the king of Babylon came and built a siege around Jerusalem. They still refused. Nebuchadnezzar eventually penetrated and destroyed Jerusalem. Then he did something else. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 it says, Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach 
the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So Nebuchadnezzar took the young ones, the ones that were the strength of Israel and the future of Israel to captivity. He took the ones with no blemish, good-looking, gifted and able ones. He did not want the ones that had nothing promising. They were no threat to him. The young ones that are gifted are a threat to the enemy. The ones he took would have been the future army of Israel. They would have developed Jerusalem further. He was in charge at that point and would not allow Jerusalem to grow any further. The enemy does not want any growth even today. He took the young. These were the strong ones, the ambitious ones, the future for Israel. Today the enemy is taking the young ones too, one by one. He kills their vision so that they sit in the street corners doing nothing. No plans for the future, no hope for the future. He kills them or entices them to kill others and land up in jail. He makes them fail in their dreams and become useless. He steals hope from them and they have nothing to wake up for. How do we end up with a young one suffering from depression? The pressure on young ones drives them to the wall when they cannot escape and cannot see through and have hope for the future. Nebuchadnezzar took the ones without blemish. They were the ones who were perfect in how they looked. They were not crippled. They were not having some not so good features physically. Today the enemy takes the innocent ones. Having not done much in the sin department, he looks at how they carry themselves, how they live holy lives. These are the ones that are God-fearing and God-living young people in church. They disappear from the radar. They are enticed to lustful acts. They go and taste the good life. They exchange the pulpit service to a nightclub service. They go to bed with older women and men for a good life. The young girls become trophy wives or girlfriends, something to be paraded before people to make the old and rich men look good. The young boys become toys for the older women to satisfy their lusts. They are in pubs drinking themselves to a stupor. They are in the streets hustling for drugs and alcohol. Nebuchadnezzar took the gifted ones in all wisdom. These were the ones whose wisdom was to be used to develop Jerusalem and Israel. He took the likes of Solomon so they would not build Jerusalem. He is now taking the smart ones too. They are the straight A students who were never bothered by other things until they went to varsity and all of a sudden they failed all their subjects. They take seven years to finish a three-year diploma or degree. He takes the smart ones who are supposed to be investors and inventors of new things today. He takes these ones that are supposed to build the economy, the health systems, the education system, and even politics. They fail dismally because the enemy has enticed them. It is not that they are no longer intelligent. It is that they have been moved from Jerusalem to Babylon. They cannot thrive in Babylon as they are held in captivity and are serving their masters in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar took those possessing knowledge and quick to understand. He wanted to build his kingdom using the resources from the countries he took captives. He built his kingdom with the knowledge from other people. Our young people are using their knowledge for the kingdom of darkness. He took those that had the ability to save. Instead of the young ones serving in the temple of the living God, Nebuchadnezzar took them to go serve him, the young and the strong ones. Daniel served in Babylon and became one of the three governors that were set over 120 satraps. He served there all his life, having gone there whilst he was still young, under 20 years of age. All that which is written in the book of Daniel 
could have been done in Israel. The serving, the interpretation of dreams, and everything that Daniel and the three Hebrew boys did. All that was done in Babylon for King Nebuchadnezzar and the kings that came after him could have been done for the kings of Israel and Judah. A whole life of a young person growing to old age serving in a foreign land. Where are our young ones serving today? Some are serving drug lords, peddling drugs for a fix, killing a generation with this evil. Some are serving in bars and nightclubs. Some are serving witches and occult societies instead of serving God. Some have left God and have become witch doctors today. The church has to stand against the enemy targeting our young ones. There must be men and women like Moses' mother who would shield and protect their Moses. Women who would take the risk of facing the wrath of a pharaoh by hiding their babies. We need to hide our children through prayer, brothers and sisters. The difficulty about this generation is that they go as willing participants in some instances. They want the life that the enemy presents to them. It looks enticing. They are enticed by what they desire. And this is a spiritual battle. For 70 years, Jerusalem lay desolate while Babylon was prospering with the hard work and sweat of a young generation taken captive. We wrestle not against flesh and blood today. Our Nebuchadnezzar is spiritual. He is after the young, the strong, the smart, the intelligent, the knowledgeable, the gifted, and the able ones to save. Artists with great talents die young from drug addictions, having used and misused their gifts, and their gifts had given them all they desired. Some still felt empty and wanted more. Some commit suicide having reached the peak of their careers as they realize the vanity of all they have. Paul said to Timothy, a young man, whose genuine faith dwelt first in his grandmother Lois and his mother and was now in him. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 We see here the two women in the life of Timothy that they instilled faith in him. They taught him about God. They lived a life of faith. They demonstrated the power of God through faith. And young Timothy saw that and learned. What are our children learning from us today? Young Solomon learned from his father David. The vision that God had given him to build a temple was passed on to Solomon. Solomon received all the plans from his father, King David. He even received the contributions to start building. He learned from his father and took the vision forward. What are we teaching our children? What are we instilling in our children? What plans of God have we put on our children? Elijah, the prophet, took a younger Elisha and mentored him as a prophet. And when he was ready to depart to heaven, his mantle fell on Elisha and he continued the work of God. We, the older generation, have a great responsibility today to stand against the power of darkness. I am reminded of a story of one of my friends whose grandmother used to walk past his young son at a corner in the township. He would be with a group of friends and his mother would start speaking positive things concerning him, canceling all that bad behavior right in front of his friends. Of course, he probably embarrassed the young man. But this woman was instilling something great. He grew up to be a powerful servant of God until he went home to be with the Lord. Grandma would not stop praying for all his children, calling them by name 
one by one. And this is the kind of grandma like Lois that prayed for his grandchild, Timothy. The enemy wants our children, brothers and sisters. We are called to wrestle for this generation. They have to know God through us. They cannot be held captive in Babylon not knowing God. The generation that went to Babylon knew God. But then there is a generation that came, arose in Babylon. They had to be taught as well about God. No weapon formed against our children and youth that will prosper. Let this be our declaration, yours and mine, that the weapons that the enemy forms against our children in this generation, it will not prosper. No weapon formed against them that will prosper. We speak freedom to our children. We speak freedom against drug addiction. We speak freedom against alcoholism. We speak freedom against money-making schemes. We speak freedom against all this filthiness. Let our children be called out of Egypt and Babylon into the kingdom of our God. We command them out of captivity into the kingdom of God. We call them out of drug addiction, out of alcoholism and fornication and adultery. We call them out out of all cult activities. We call them into the kingdom of God. We speak life unto the gifts in our children. We stirring them up. By faith they shall rise up and serve God. They shall prosper in every good work. Our children shall prosper in the economy of our country. Our children shall prosper in the health system of our country. Our children shall prosper and innovate new things and great things. Our children shall serve God and the kingdom of God shall move forward and grow because of our children. We speak life unto the gifts of our children. They shall prosper. They shall prosper. May the Lord preserve our children as he did with Daniel and his companion. May they make a great impact wherever they are, wherever they go. May they be known that these ones are of God. May they be known that they walk in the favor of God. May doors be opened to our children Doors of good opportunity, doors of good things and great things for our children. May the Lord prosper our children in every good work. We call them out of all evil into a holy life, sanctified and separated for God. We speak life upon their gifts. We speak life upon them. They shall live long. The Lord shall satisfy them with long life. We speak prosperity upon them, that they may prosper even as their soul prospers and they be in good health. We speak all the good things, the heart of God upon our children. This gospel shall be preached to our children and by our children and through our children till the ends of the age, until Jesus comes. The Lord be with our children. The Lord protect and defend our children. The Lord keep our children safe and well. May they grow and be prosperous. May they build and rebuild the broken cities and ruins that we see in our world today. May a new generation rise that will call on the name of the Lord like Daniel, even in a foreign land. May they prosper in every good work. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode. 
and make the word of God your anchor.